With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos. C-H-A-O-S. Critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Always love hearing from you. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at FullCountChaos. Hope your week is going well. Here we are with the Orioles. Peaks and valleys, folks. Peaks and valleys when you're dealing with a team that's going to have probably 90 to 100 losses. That's what we're dealing with. I wasn't expecting the Orioles to lose two out of three against the Mariners. Now, excuse me. Whoa, what happened there? That's a big hit. Uh, the Mariners dumped a lot of money in their team. I mean, they're going for it this season. They're going for it all. So seeing them coming to Baltimore with a losing record was a little strange, but I just thought the momentum was going to carry the Orioles on and continue, especially with the series that they had at Boston, taking care of uh, three games out of five on the road, again, in Boston, who's just fucking red hot right now. But in the last five games, they've won only two. That's all right. Like I said, peaks and valleys. And look, I get excited like you do when the Orioles win series and have a great week in baseball. I'm in a better mood. I work out. I eat better. My wife enjoys being around me because I'm a pleasant person. That's It was just part of the agreement when we got married. No big deal. I, I even have great bowel movements. Everything is great. But the problem is when we're rooting for a team, again, that will most likely have 90 to 100 losses, we're quickly reminded that they're going to shit the bed more than not. You know what I mean? And I don't expect this team to win 20 in a row, but I keep hoping every time I'm watching these games and they win, you know, two out of three or three in a row, I keep saying to myself, is this the moment the rebuild is over? You're a moron. Unfortunately, starting pitching isn't exactly doing their job lately. Thank God for Tyler Wells. They suck. They do. They do suck. Oh, and the, and the fact that Chris Owens still exists. The fact that Chris Owens still wears an Orioles jersey. You jackass! And knowing, look, in my opinion, he might be the absolute worst ball player I have ever seen. And I'm even comparing him to the local neighborhood kids who play in the local ball fields in the neighborhood. And one of those kids wears an eye patch. He can't catch, he can't field, he can't bat. Why in the living hell does it say professional ball player on his resume? Enough with Chris Owens. The Orioles have had some bad luck with ball players named Chris on their team. Now, the glass half full. Hey, great win. Saturday, 5-4, to four, beautiful weather. I think almost 20,000 fans decided to show up at Camden Yards and root on the Orioles. But again, 5-4. to four, They were even facing Tristan McKenzie. He's got a 265 ERA, second lowest whip in baseball with a .86. So you're thinking, all right, they got their teeth kicked in the day before. Now they got to face old freaking Tristan McKenzie. It's all to be pretty. They got three hits and three against him in seven innings, and all three were home runs. And my God, the home run that Trey hit just landed, I think, 20 minutes ago. That ball was a bomb. Dude is killing it. 
And the Indians, who they're one of the best hitting teams with runners in scoring position, but they went 0 for 6 on Saturday. So that will do the trick, folks. If you're trying to beat a team and you make them go 0 for with runners in scoring position. Now, Trey Mancini right now is just killing it on offense. Right now, he's batting 309 with an 822 OPS. Now, his last 26 at bats, <laughs> he's batting 462 with a 922 slugging. If you're wondering about the 922 slugging, 550 percentage is damn good. He's hitting 922 slugging. The guy, I mean, the ball coming at him, it's like a beach ball thrown at him like 20 miles per hour. He can't miss. Now, I'm a tiny bit worried about Cedric on offense. Okay, I know it's still early and look, we all pretty much knew he wasn't going to have another 30-30 season. I mean, we all hoped he would still tear the shit up and he may steal 50 bags this season. Who knows? But his bat is what's cold right now. At currently 237 average, 60, uh, 670 OPS, which is below average. But his last 28 at bats, he's hitting 178 with a 321 slugging. I mean, if you're about 400 to 450, that's average. He's at 321 right now. He just seems to be missing a lot of fastballs down the gut that he normally would smash 430 feet. He's just not seeing the ball. It looks like he's swinging a bat that's too heavy right now. Still a long season ahead of us, though. And, and by the way, and I hate shitting on Cedric Mullins. I love Cedric Mullins. Okay, I hope Elias sticks with him for the next 50 years. But I know he has a fluff arm. We all know that. It's no secret that he's just got a, I'm going to use the word terrible. But Thursday night, he was in shallow, I mean, shallow, when I say shallow center field, and I know you folks saw this too if you were watching the game Thursday, he was almost in the infield trying to throw a runner out at home. And it took two bounces before it got home. That's not good. And Cedric even had like a crow hop before he, he threw the ball home. I don't know what the hell happened there. I was talking to Matt Kremenser on Twitter. I've had him on the show before, and we were just like, that was fucking bizarre. Even he said, he said, a two hopper to the home plate, how shallow he was. That just wasn't expected. So there's not really much you can do about arm strength. It's what it is, and it's definitely a liability. But with his arm strength and his cold bat, you know, not exactly an all-star player. But uh, enough of shitting on Cedric. I'm sure he's going to be A-OK. All right? I have a lot to go over with you folks. Again, I want to get to the couple emails. Of course, some sad news came into uh, Orioles, <laughs> Orioles Weekly News. I almost didn't even want to talk about it, but we'll bring it up. Um, and again, want to hear from you folks. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Some good movies or shows I like to throw your way. Um, I, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of old ones like Step Brothers, Anchorman. Um, I actually started watching season four, Stranger Things. I, I'm amazed I even got this far because I've said a number of times I'm just not a sci-fi guy. But uh, season four, that shit has some brutal parts. And apparently they're trying to keep up with their viewers getting older with the show, I guess. It's, it's kind of like the Harry Potter movies. Remember the first one? It was a kid's movie. Like, I'm going to turn you into a frog. And by the last movie, they're like, I'm going to rip your fucking head off and feed it to the birds. It's like, whoa, the hell is this Harry Potter? What's happening here? But that's what's happening with Stranger Things. 
It was like a kid show in season one. I remember watching it being like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, but I, I got to tell you it, how brutal it is right now. It's <laughs> if they go to a season five, there's no doubt. I think the writers are going to add nudity sex scenes. It's like 11 will be wearing some see-through lingerie, taking Mike's clothes off with their mind powers. Something weird's going to happen if they keep going on here. Because those kids are like almost 42 years old right now, and they're still trying to pretend, hi, I'm in middle school. You're like, well, your kids are waiting for you on set. You're not in middle school anymore. Uh, what uh, what else have I been watching? I watched a weird one on Netflix called uh, Gerald's, Gla- uh, Gerald's Game. Gerald's Games. Fucking weird. Like, really weird. That's all I'm going to say. So if you find that on Netflix, I got to tell you, g- give it a watch. It's definitely out of your comfort zone. I guarantee it because it's not anything that I've seen. Shit. I don't, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Just if you come across it and you're like, that rings a bell. Somebody mentioned to watch it. Go ahead and watch it. But if you're babysitting, you know, your little nieces or nephews, or you're having movie time with the little munchkins, I wouldn't put that movie on, you know, just, just keep, keep browsing. But that's about it. I don't, I do want to see Bob's burgers. That's in the theater, but God movies, they last like two weeks in the theater and then boom, they're on like Hulu. So I think my wife and I, we might just wait for it to come home, come home, uh, get on the, uh, you know, streaming service. And I'm sure it's going to be on one of them that we don't have, you know, we're, we're getting, we're buying all these, uh, we're paying for all these streaming services and we're cutting the cable, but I don't know, like we're, (laughs) I think we're only like saving $5 a month compared to how many streaming services we, we buy, we uh, pay for per month, whatever. All right. Uh, well, again, uh, email came in this week. Going to get to in just a second. A, uh, he wanted to share a day at Camden Yards that he'll never forget, but I'm sure he tries to forget scary moment. Uh, you know, did you get out this weekend to the stadium? Beautiful weather, but I got to tell you the monkey pox, I think I was trending on Twitter the other day. It's out and about folks. Are you freaking out or are you just rolling your eyes at this? I don't know. Some people getting a little concerned about the monkey pox uh, that I know personally. They're staying away from big crowds wearing their masks again. Hey, good for them. I've tried to train myself to just stay away from reading shit that can kill you. (laughs) Like, if I feel a certain pain, like, don't Google it. Because when you do, you're like, oh, I have 10 days to live. But I, I read a little bit of monkeypox. I mean, apparently it can make you shit your pants before you can say, oh, shit. And that's not good. I don't want to be out with my wife at dinner. You know, hey, uh, let me get the filet and side of vegetables and the check. You know, maybe back to wearing masks. So I don't know. Are you kind of freaked out about the monkeypox? Are you staying away from big crowds? Uh, before we get to that, we just, just want to say a little prayer, light a candle every night. Grayson Rodriguez. Everything is falling apart. Everything is falling apart. Sure you know the name. Uh, The other night, left the game with the strained lap muscle. He's got an injury. And this sucks gigantic balls. There's no way around it. No sugarcoating it. Michael Elias didn't even sugarcoat it. The media was asking him about it. And he's like, "Uh, this fucking sucks. How do you think I feel? This is terrible. It's the worst news. Forget it. And he like... (laughs) <laughs> just threw everything off the podium and walked out. <laughs> just He's not happy, just like us. I mean, he was right there. He was like at least a week away. He was pitching deep into games. His pitch count was up, and that was one of the things they wanted to work out, get that pitch count up. He's currently, his record's 5-1. and one. He's got a 209 ERA, 
He's had 11 starts in Norfolk this season. Ah, uh, every day we would see tweets about every time Grayson pitched. He's like five innings pitched, 48 strikeouts. Like that's great, but how the hell does that even calculate to be true? But you know, just a, every night, the the uh, <laughs> the stats that this guy was putting up, just excited. I mean, of course, Adley comes up, so now the rush of that, you know, the, the high has kind of dwindled down. Now we want another. We want that buzz again, so now we're rooting for Grayson to come up. Like, we need Grayson! And, of course, when this all started, it was like a horror movie, a little horror movie clip that came out. No music, no sound. You're just watching this video clip of Grayson on the mound with the trainer and the manager walking out. You see Grayson point at his elbow, and they walk off the mound. All of Birdland right there, just diarrhea pains. We all shit our pants like we had monkeypox. It was awful. And, of course, the red flag was when he threw, uh, was it, 89 miles per hour. He usually throws, you know, 96, 97 miles per hour. And we all just started expecting the worst. Well, he's done baseball. He's going to be working at Target in the next year or two. That's it. Oh, well, never going to see Grayson again. (laughs) That's it. Done. And I've said it before. Sports fans, we are crazy. Some crazier than others. But all sports fans, we're, we're nuts. And I saw a lot of nutty sports fans just venting their frustration about Grayson Rodriguez. Fans just throwing punches left and right, blaming everyone and everything. And, and none of it made sense. You know, there's no apparently there's no such thing as accidental injuries when it comes to sports, when it comes to baseball. It's Mike Elias's fault for not calling him up earlier. What a jackass thing to say. That's like laying on the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. You get sunburned and someone says, well, see, if if you would have just been laying out in Rehoboth Beach, uh, you wouldn't have gotten sunburned. Okay, what? How how does that? I would have got sunburned regardless of laying out in the sun. So, yeah, if Grayson would have came up last week and we're all, woohoo, and we got to see him pitch and he did great, I'm pretty sure this would have happened regardless. Again, I'm not psychic, but I'm seeing people say, well, if he would have come if he would have uh, been in Baltimore, he would have been around the uh, trainers or best in the world compared to minor league trainers. I'm pretty sure the trainers in AAA, they don't work at Home Depot four days a week and then three days out of the week, they drive down and help out the pitchers for a few hours. <laughs> I'm sure the trainers that they have in Norfolk are pretty damn good as well. Pretty damn good at their job. I just saw people, they were just so angry, just like just like I was. I'm sure there's a couple holes I need to patch up in the drywall upstairs when I heard the news. We're all pissed off. But to just start blaming Mike Elias for how, see what happens when you don't bring him up. Come on. Come on, sports fans. We're crazy, but tone it down a little bit. So all we can do is just continue to follow up and hope for the best with Grayson and hope he gets better, which I'm sure he will. He'll be back better than ever. (laughs) But light a candle for that man every night. Oh, boy. All right. There's still a lot I want to get to today. And before I do that, just want to remind you all about ColorCast app. It's free. Free is a good thing. It's free to download, free to use, perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you have to do is download the ColorCast app. Again, it's free. Create a profile. Link your Twitter and join. It's that easy. ColorCast app. Get on it. All right. Uh, last week, talked about the article about Kurt Schilling 
talking about Adley. He complimented Adley, but he shit all over the Orioles and basically said, hurry up and trade this guy before you ruin his career. Whatever, just a bunch of cheap shots. So Charlie wanted to chime in and give his opinion on Kurt Schilling, just going off about Adley and the Orioles. He says, first off, Kurt Schilling is a huge asshole who always has garbage falling out of his mouth when he talks. Now, Charlie, you typed he has a huge asshole, but I'm assuming you meant to use the word is. I don't know if you wanted to insult him. You know, oh, he's got a huge asshole and little balls. Screw this man. So I'm assuming you meant is a huge asshole. Anyway, uh, he continues. Second of all, he obviously sounds like he's walking around with a bitter sandwich in his pocket since the 1988 trade. You're exactly right. Once he got traded by the Orioles, he just became bitter. Every single Hall of Fame catcher and all-star catcher in baseball did not play next to another great Hall of Fame catcher when they came up. That would be a nice little advantage if Adley did have that chance, but it doesn't mean he's going to fall apart just because he's not around Hall of Fame players. Adley will continue to get better and better every single game and every single bat. Like you always say, he definitely shit the bed with this one. P.S. I also loved Ozark, but hated the last episode. Charlie, appreciate the email. I'm going to first respond to your Ozark comment. I love all four seasons of Ozark, but I'm right there with you, man. That last episode, shit the bed. Now, if you haven't watched Ozark, 120% I recommend you spend all your time and dedication to four seasons of Ozark, one of the greatest shows I've ever watched. I talked to some people who say that that last episode was perfect. That's exactly how Jason Bateman should have ended the all four seasons. It was great. I don't know. I disagree. You be the judge. Let me know. Uh, Talking about Schilling. Now, again, Charlie, appreciate the email. You clearly (laughs) state, clearly uh, make it clear you do not like Schilling. And, you know, I'm I'm the same way. Just because he's not surrounded by a Hall of Fame catcher doesn't mean he's going to shit the bed and the Orioles need to hurry up and trade him. Whatever the hell that even meant. It's just stupid. It was a dumb thing to say. It's one of those things where he, uh, I'm sure he woke up the next morning and was like, why the fuck did I even say that? That was stupid. <laughs> but I think Adley right now, again, he's struggling a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's a lot of hot stars that came up this year on other teams that are struggling. A lot of people are going through this. Look, when you get in the majors, 10 times different, as we talk about all the time on here, night and day from AAA to the big leagues. And you got all those guys who are pressing, who just want to be the greatest, want to help their team. And yeah, Adley right now struggling a little bit on offense. Uh, he's having great at bats. And it's not like he's swinging out of his shoes at like sliders four feet off the plate. We're going, what? In the hell is he swinging at? Like, he's just not seeing the ball. He's seeing the ball. He's getting walks. He's not swinging at garbage on those swing and misses when he strikes out. They're just damn good pitches that the greatest of greatest would miss. It's just going to happen. I mean, right now he's batting an unsexy 490, uh, 149 batting average, 459 OPS. Of course, no home runs, no no RBIs. But he's going to be just fine, in my opinion. I don't see anything right now where I'm just like, oh, boy. Oh, he is out of his league. He needs to go back down, work on his shit. No, I mean, he's got a cannon. He's got a hell of a cannon behind home plate. And that's just going to keep getting better and more accurate. And he's getting wood on the ball. I mean, the other night playing against the Mariners when the Orioles lost in extra innings, there's a guy on second. I think it was McKenna. And um, Adley was up. Of course, he had the shift on and he rocks one. Of course, the shift in uh, shallow right field catches the line drive next year without the shift. That game's all tied up. Adley's standing on first base. 
It's just some unlucky hits. But he's going to be just fine. Uh, Excuse me. I am, by the way, excuse me, I am losing my voice a little bit. Uh, I've been trying to do my best. I I don't know what's happening. I don't feel under the weather. I don't feel like I'm catching anything. I just think it's, um, God, I went outside for like five minutes the other day, and I walk inside, and I'm coughing up a lung from the pollen. I don't know what's happening here, but I apologize. If it sounds like I smoked two packs of cigarettes before I started recording, I apologize. All right, moving on. Uh, Joseph wanted to email in his experience at Camden Yards. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Also, up, also feel free to hit me up on Twitter at fullcountchaos. He says, hey, Nate, wanted to shuffle my story in with the other emails from people having experiences they'll never forget at Camden Yards. He says, mine, of course, is just like the others. It has nothing to do with meeting any players or experiencing an exciting walk-off. It basically caused my brother to never allow me to take my nephew out to a ball game ever again. He says, my nephew, a.k.a. my brother's son, was six years old at the time and had never been to an Orioles game. He said, my brother lived in Reston, Virginia, so it wasn't exactly a close drive for him to go to Camden Yards. We hate the Nats, so we wouldn't even think about taking him to a Nats game. We want to make sure he likes the Orioles at a young age. At a boy, Joseph. Your brother is raising his son correctly by the book. All right. He continues. So one weekend, my nephew stayed with me and my wife at the house, and I took advantage of that weekend to take him to his first ball game. We arrived at the stadium and immediately walked over to the ice cream line so he could have a gigantic bowl of chocolate ice cream to start his day at Camden Yards. I always tell my buddies that, by the way, every time they take their kids and, um, you know, they'll sit down close to home plate. I always say either get him a huge bowl of ice cream or get him a big thing of cotton candy because you will get on TV. You know, it'll be like Kevin Brown and Jim Palmer. Yeah, that's the life right there. That's the way to do it. You will always get on TV if you take your kid to a game and buy him a bunch of ice cream and cotton candy. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, he says, as we're standing in line, I started talking to a guy I went to school with who also knows my brother and apparently still keeps in contact with him, I quickly found out. He says, "Uh, suddenly I looked to my left and noticed my nephew was no longer standing next to me. I looked around. I couldn't find him. I started yelling for his name, quickly walked, he says, quickly walking around the area, could not find him, nothing. I kept walking in circles and ran back to the line at the ice cream place and asked everyone if they'd seen him. Everyone, of course, got concerned and said no, Thankfully, some nice people were helping me look for him as well. I was extremely embarrassed. I felt like a complete asshole. He says, the guy that knew my brother apparently sent a text to him laughing about how I lost his son. I was talking to a police officer when my brother called. I definitely didn't answer that phone call. But seconds later, I noticed his text with all caps, you better find my kid. And he kept calling me over and over. Well, for 10 long minutes, Looking for the runaway child, we finally found him sitting in section 28 next to another family just blending right in. The ushers probably thought he was with that family, so they didn't ask any questions. That 10 minutes felt like an eternity. My brother wasn't too happy, but he didn't sue me, and we laugh about it now. It's been 10 years, and every time we go to a baseball game, my brother makes sure he's in the car and in the stadium with me with his son. Appreciate the email, Joseph. I, I, hey, I appreciate you admitting that you suck at watching children and should probably be locked up. No, I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, that's terrifying. 
I'm sure those 10 minutes felt like an hour and a half. I mean, everyone does it. Anyone who scolds you for doing that, they don't have kids. All right. And I don't have kids and I'm not even going to scold you. It happens. It's scary. I remember I was in the uh, grocery store and I thought it'd be funny if I hid from my mom. Oh, my God. I, I till this day, I apologize to her. <laughs> it's like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, oh, boy, it, it happens. But it is a scary situation. I, I one time I was watching um, my niece. We were in Ocean City, I think it was. Yeah. And they were in the water. Everyone's like, you know, hey, Uncle Nate, you're going to play babysitter and, and watch, you know, the kids as they're building sandcastles. I said, of course, go play in the go, go, go in the ocean. Go have fun. Go ahead, you crazy kids. Holy shit. I don't know. The Orioles had like a, a big play. I looked down at my phone for a, just a minute. Probably not even that. I look up nowhere. Look to my left. Look to my right. Nothing. Well, they were behind me, about a foot behind me. <laughs> They decided to build a sandcastle right behind my chair. I didn't know that. It, it sucks. I mean, they didn't know. I didn't tell them. Oh, my God. I, uh, I thought I lost her. I just didn't even mention it. But I got up. I ran a little to the left, ran a little to the right. Ugh, it's terrifying. You just don't know. So, Joseph, I'm glad you found your nephew. I'm, uh, <laughs> I completely understand why your brother sticks around with you when uh, you go to games. All right, moving on. So, again, uh, this week of baseball, it was fun. Look, the Boston five-game series was quite delightful. You know what I mean? The Orioles split their eight-game road trip, losing two of three at Yankee Stadium, but winning three of five at Fenway Park. So when you see that they're going on the road and it's going to be all shit New York, all shit Boston, and all shit five games in Boston, and they split that series and win three out of five and come home with a record of 21 and 29, hey, I'll take it. You know, Monday's game against the Red Sox, uh, of course, big win, 10 to nothing, 14 hits, 10 runs, three home runs. Give me a break. 10 to nothing against the Red Sox in their house. I just love it when the Orioles are just completely kicking their ass. Yankees, Red Sox. I always just keep my eyes on the crowd. You know what I mean? Because you know they're just furiating. They're just so angry. Instead of watching the the, the game, I, I kind of just browse around in the crowd, just looking at everyone's facial expressions. Who's wearing a Yankees or Red Sox jersey? I love it. <laughs> Mancini he went three for four uh, that game, including a triple. Again, like we talked about earlier, he's just killing it, and we're all feeling high and mighty, thinking the Orioles are about to go on a twenty game win streak. At least that's what I feel. You know, come on, bring it on. Who's next? Boom. They shit the bed, and then they lose the next day, 10 to nothing, to the Mariners. So they win 10 to nothing. They're like, hey, bring it on. We'll take anybody. Boom. Lose 10 to nothing. It's like, what happened? But again, Rushman that night just went 0 for 4, three strikeouts. Uh, Like I said, he's a bust. Just put him back down to AAA where he belongs and let him retire down there. You know, the bullpen. The old bullpen game. Just keep marching out the bullpen one after another. Boy, do they shit the bed. That was a dumpster fire. The fourth fourth time the Orioles have been shut out this season, which isn't bad. I mean, again, we're in June. Only four times playing the Yankees in Boston. How many times and how great the Yankees pitching it? That's all right. I'm okay with that. But the bullpen pitching, it just didn't work out this time. Baker, Lowther, old dippies did not have a good day. 
And I hope Baker figures this shit out soon because he's got good shit. He's got good stuff. Last seven games, 7.56 ERA with a 2.16 whip. Currently right now, this whole season, he's a 5.66 ERA with a 155 whip. Come on, Baker, get your shit together. But then they come right back the next day. They win 9-2. to Trey, <laughs> another game of Trey missing a home run with that new left field wall by inches. About two inches from going over the left field wall that night. But it was great. You could see Trey, he was, he was pissed off. And then uh, his next at bat, he's like, all right, fuck it. I'll move a little to the right. <laughs> and he just completely crushed it over the center field wall. Uh, Mount Castle and Urias. That was funny when Trey missed the home run by inches. And then the next Mount Castle and Urias hits, you know, back-to-back home runs over the left field wall. Seeing Trey's face in the dugout was priceless. That was great. That was good stuff. Again, you just love seeing him have fun with the home run chain. But uh, Trey's just been hitting his face off. Kyle Bradish, four and two-thirds innings pitch. He had six strikeouts, only two walks. Uh, right now, he's got a 682 ERA. I, I don't know how to feel about him. Not, not as in whether I like him or not. Just, again, he's got good shit. He has some good outings. He's had some innings where you're just like, damn, that dude's a beast. Um, unfortunately, uh, every now and then, they're hitting him where they ain't. Now, I had Connor Newcomb on from uh, Locked on Orioles podcast the other week, and he said he thinks Kyle Bradish is one of the greatest Orioles trades that he's seen in a long time. So hopefully <laughs> Kyle Bradish continues to work on what he's working on, but there are some flashes where I'm like, damn, dude can pitch. Uh, the bullpen looked great that game. Perez, Bautista, Aiken combined four innings pitch, three scoreless innings with only two hits allowed. Aiken retired all six batters. Just straight sexy. Bautista is just a freaking monster standing on that mound, throwing 100 heat. Then he's got that 84 down and away slider where batters are like, what the hell was that? And then Thursday night started off with a bang. Back-to-back web gems. Austin Hayes throwing 95 miles from left field, getting the guy out at third base. And I think it's funny. Every time there's a ball that rolls out into like – um left center. You can see Hayes hauling ass to the ball to pick it up before Mullins because let's be real, you know, Mullins, I think they clock him in like what an average of 40 miles per hour trying to throw a guy out at base, but you got Hayes throwing 95 heat. So it's funny. You just see Hayes get on his high horse. (laughs) It really does look like he wants to get there before Mullins gets there so he can pick up the ball and throw out the runner. Oh, again, I just can't get over that throw from Mullins in, in I'm talking shallow center. Two hops, didn't get him out at home. Hayes would have just thrown a fucking bullet. There would have been no hops. Guy would have been out by at least four or five steps. Ah, oh, so hopefully, I don't know. Again, you know, when your arm strength is your arm strength. It's what it is. Nothing you can do about it. So the Orioles are going to continue uh, with Sunday playing the uh, rubber match with Cleveland. They get a break on Monday. And then of course they play the Cubs. Cubs are coming to town. That'll be fun. Uh, the, the, uh, and the, Oh, it's only two games with Chicago. And then they go play the Royals. The Cubs right now, 23 and 31 Orioles, 23 and 32. So, you know, should be a, a fair game. I guess is what they say. Again, I always want to hear from you folks. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Got some more guests coming up. If you want the free tickets, I know I don't have a specific day, but if you're like, Hey, Keep me posted. I want to be part of it. 
I'll let you know. Again, foodcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see ya.